Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. It's the Oz Network with another best of Christmas recap, recaps of recaps, uh, visiting the ghosts of Christmas past as we're going back in time to cover movies that uh, we did over several years here. This wasn't like one year where we did all these, but uh, these four movies kind of all tie together. Uh, What you're going to be listening to is our best of moments from what we're going to call our family Christmas movie recaps, which are The Muppets Christmas Carol, White Christmas, I'll Be Home for Christmas, and Christmas of the Cranks. And I'll just give the first disclaimer and just say, these are family films. Jamie is on one of these, so don't expect it to be family-friendly recapping of family films. But uh, it is hilarious regardless. Uh, you're going to hear several special guests on these episodes here. Uh, with the, for the first one, Muppet Christmas Carol, Jamie joined us for that. Uh, she was also on White Christmas as well as Mallory. And then on I'll Be Home for Christmas, it's actually me and Rossi who covered that one. Chris with the Cranks is just me and Ben, but uh, you have a little bit of relief from me and Ben throughout these collections here as uh, we're going to cover them all. And we get to the bottom of all those burning questions uh, such as, is White Christmas more or less of a Christmas movie than Die Hard? Um, The Muppets Christmas Carol, who is the sexiest Muppet, apparently. Uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas. That's, of course, the movie with Jonathan Taylor Thomas, which uh, we recorded that all in one hour. So we're going to try to make sense of the plot in the quickest possible time there. And then Christmas of the Cranks, we get to find out um, which actresses in Hollywood remind Ben of his mother and which possible former prime ministers of Australia remind Ben of his mother. Uh, But this is a good one. So uh, listen up. We're having our third of four best of Christmas recaps here with The Muppets Christmas Carol, White Christmas, I'll Be Home for Christmas, and Christmas with the Cranks. Well, hi, ho there. This is Dorothy Frog, and we're here on the Oz Network today to talk about 1992 classic A Muppet Christmas Carol! Yeah! <laughs> and my name is Colin, and thank you for the intro, Kermit the Frog! And my name is Jamie. God bless us, everyone! And my name is Ben, and wait a minute, you're not Charles Dickens! And actually, it's so funny because I never really caught on to this, but in the opening of the movie where um, it introduces Gonzo there and, well, Mr. Dickens, and uh, Rizzo, Rizzo is just, uh, you know, always eating throughout the movie. I find that hilarious, and he's always just there for the food. And I said, that's totally me. I'm Rizzo. I was just about to say, how come every time there's a movie where somebody is constantly eating, they're your favorite character? <laughs> well, he's he's actually not my favorite character. Because there's um, no one shirtless know, in this movie. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> well, I wasn't really thinking about that when I was five years old, but it did start I'll, early. I'll don't lie. <laughs> well, Keanu Reeves kind of always had a thing for yeah. him, but and that started before I was a teenager. Point Break was uh, you were under five when that one came out. <laughs> but um, yeah, like he he's in the newest uh, Toy Story. And if he was in a movie... <laughs> Wait, Imagine yeah. the name Keanu Reeves, and Jamie has automatically changed this episode to Keanu Reeves. Wait, Keanu Reeves is in the it, new Toy Story? Is this actually true? Yes. What? Yeah. <laughs> and and if, he, if he was in, like, a, a childhood movie when, like, I was a kid, I would be like, oh. <laughs> I, that's actually the same noise Keanu Reeves makes Whoa. every time when he's playing serious. <laughs> that's all um, his character is going to say in Toy Story 4. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but this movie is awesome, though. Like, it's it's hard to, you know, you have to put um, your favorite characters, you have to put them in boxes, because really, Michael Caine is amazing in this role, and I don't know how anybody could not love him, because he's so great at being mean, and he's so believable with it, and then at the end, it's just... You could tell the guy is so redeemed, like he's so genuine with it. This guy is amazing. I love him. But actually, one of my favorite characters in the whole movie is the ghost of Christmas present. <laughs> that's not that's uh, Ben's I, profile pick right now. His, his favorite Hagrid. Again, that's that's the guy that shows up with all the food, though. So <laughs> you're already seeing a recurring theme here. <laughs> Would you like to see him shirtless? Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, that might be hot. <laughs> She's not joking, people. Give, uh. give me a lap dance, big Muppet Daddy. <laughs> wow. I, wonder what his dick, I wonder what his dick looks like. Oh, come on. <laughs> buried How the underneath hell are we all the taking rolls? a children's Christmas movie and after the line, I wonder what his dick looks like? Oh, it guy only really took like 10 minutes. And it wasn't for me. <laughs> The guy only has so long on Earth, he has to make his time count. <laughs> Everyone likes Michael Caine, right? Like, come on, can we just do a yeah. quick worldwide poll right now? Go get Shania yeah. out of the kitchen. Everybody, quick. We all like Michael Caine, right? Jamie, how big is Michael Caine? No. Very big. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no hesitation. I know, are we, we jumping on Wikipedia that... pages editing about dongs all of a sudden? Uh... <laughs> Oh, oh, you're talking about his dick. Well, you know, honestly, I think that the guy's probably got a pretty big one, though. But there's there's a movie of his that I can't even remember what it's called, but I, I remember it because I was like, whoa, this is like kind of like erotic, and I'm really young, and I shouldn't be watching this because I'm feeling feelings I shouldn't have. <laughs> and he was like taking pictures of this naked girl. I wish I could remember the name of the movie. Are we Let's Google. discovering Jamie hits puberty in this episode? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, like, this is weird. Okay, I just Googled Michael Caine taking pictures of a naked girl. I'm pretty sure I've been flagged by the government now, but let's just see if this <laughs> exists. Oh, lucky no, I didn't do it. They would have been at my door already. He was, he, was taking, he was taking pictures of this naked girl with one of those cam- okay. cameras that automatically uh, shoots the picture out. Yeah, yeah I what's Googled wrong with it, that? and nothing exists that you're talking about, Jamie. Let's be honest. Was that a dream and was the girl you? No. No, I did have dreams when I was younger, though, like before I should have even been thinking about this. Do we need to keep reporting? I don't know if this is... I I did actually, like, have dreams about that guy, Imhotep from The Mummy. (laughs) This is literally an episode which children have gone, Mummy, Mummy, can I download this podcast about a Muppet's Christmas Carol? That will be safe for me to listen to. 
<laughs> PG, just joking. <laughs> it's weird that when I see other versions of A Christmas Carol, I don't get like this, but in this version, for some reason, every time money comes up around Scrooge, I'm like... Yeah, guard your money, Scrooge. Like, these people are trying to take advantage of you. <laughs> I don't know why. Something about Michael Caine's portrayal. Just, uh, why are you looking at pictures of... Is that Borat wearing a thong? <laughs> You're still trying to find the movie. You're not going to find it. <laughs> it doesn't exist. It does exist. I'm not crazy. Anyways, let's speed through some of this here. Um, I love all this stuff with the book. <laughs> is that Borat wearing a thong? <laughs> Uh, the authorities really have been alerted to Jamie's Google searches now. <laughs> oh, it's fine, Jamie. They take longer to get there than you think. Let's talk but, about... But in all honesty, sorry to interrupt oh. just one more time, but in all honesty, I just want to say for the record, for anybody that's listening, men or women, please stay, pay attention to this. Uh, everybody has, or maybe they don't, I don't know, but I think anyway... Secret that, fetish of Michael Caine taking pictures of them. No, that that most people think that men are the ones that are dirtier. It is for sure women, like long. Oh, absolutely, like, oh, like, it is. It's way yeah. evidence of that. It's way it's, it's so way worse. Preach, number, sister, amen. <laughs> it's way worse. Number one, but number two, and Colin can attest to this from working in a call center with women that are older. The older that you get as a woman, the worse it gets, and the horny you are, hornier you are. Ben, you went the wrong direction. Men, men, you needed an older woman. Menopause will not stop us. No, no, you do realize by starting them young, that means that I've got more time with them to get to that point. So yes, it's fine. Better. Well, those women may not have a functioning uterus, but they are very horny. Hey, if you don't want kids past a certain point, it's fine. Oh, how is this a Muppet recap? I, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Okay, um, just keep in mind, we got to pick up our son in a little while, Jamie. <laughs> Too bad he had to miss this. You want to talk about somebody who's sicker than Jamie. Okay, Gonzo. Gonzo is your Muppet dream boy, Jamie. Uh, there's a thing, I don't know how many people have picked up on this in the Muppets, but there's a thing in the Muppet TV show, all the Muppet movies, where Gonzo has a thing for chickens. Yes, I knew that. Okay, but they throw this line in here, which I'm sure none of the kids got, but I can't imagine that many parents would be happy with their kids getting this when it says, I fell down a chimney and landed on a flaming hot goose. And then Gonzo goes, you have all the fun. Like, it's kind of sick. Gonzo has moments, not just here, but in other Muppet movies, where it's almost a little bit like a sick sexual fetish of him and chickens. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I, I would, How did you not pick up on that, I, Jamie? I'm just saying I wouldn't take it that far. What? Are you kidding me? I know he likes chickens. You just imagined the Ghost of Christmas Presents enormously large dong, and you're saying you wouldn't take it so far that Gonzo has a sick sexual fetish about chickens? Better than horses. Ben, way out I, I don't want to know what he does with that nose of his that's curled. Well, I mean, there was the rubber chicken factory, which, you know, clearly was something else. Um, I, look, I don't know enough about the Muppets to really be able to comment on Gonzo's <laughs> sick chicken fetish. Uh, whoever the puppeteer and the voice person behind him is, maybe it's an in-joke that he got caught with a chicken or something. I don't know. the same Elmo. We know what he was into. Okay. Oh, too soon, Colin. 
Now you brought another thing to my head. Okay, the chicken factory, rubber chicken factory, right? Yes. Maybe maybe I could be like Colin and have all these theories of, you know, um, I could be what? like, why are you putting me like the sick these, one on this podcast? These, these conspiracy theories and just say, you know, like that that's why they threw it in there because, you know, they can do like rubber blow up women. And so then Gonzo gets <laughs> so that he has them. Kick back up a second. I just want to go back to you saying. <laughs> I just want to know what that back. noise is. <laughs> you bake out on drugs? <laughs> no, that's chicken as he's banging it. Oh. <laughs> okay, seriously, though, can we go back to the point where you said I could be like Colin and come up with all these sick theories on the Muppets? Have you listened to yourself in this episode? I'm perfectly normal. <laughs> Kermit and Miss Piggy are literally the only couple in all of Muppets. Sesame Street, Muppets, Fraggle Rock, anything like that. <laughs> I never Sorry, really that's just a weird that. sentence. Miss Piggy and Kermit are literally the only couple in all of Muppets. <laughs> we talk about the big issues here in the Oz Network. Well, well, even with Elmo, they show his dad, but they never show his mom, like, as them together. Because Elmo is produced asexually. No, they show pictures of his mom, but, like, I guess his mom died. <laughs> Why are you giving you such a tragic backstory to Elmo? Like, that's horrible. <laughs> Elmo's mom died. Like, why? Elmo time, a DVD that Casper owns. It goes it goes over how Elmo got potty trained and then his dad is there and then he's showing him a photo album and it's photos of Elmo as a baby with his mom. He says, look at your mom. Wasn't she pretty? Wasn't she pretty? And then, like, you never see the mom in the whole episode, so she must be dead, or she, or she's not dead, but she's a dead beat. Elmo's a very independent monster, Jamie. Like, Elmo looks after himself. He has his goldfish. He loves his goldfish. He loves his piano too. Can we? Um, I'm pretty sure if you're neglected as a child, things like that happen, and you become <laughs> obsessed with goldfish and people that aren't really there. He likes to be tickled a lot. Can we just come up with a theory about what? I like that JB said she's either dead or a deadbeat. Now, if Elmo's mom is a deadbeat mom, what is her reason for leaving? Drug addict, gambling problem? Well, let's be honest, Elmo's a bit annoying, so I mean, I think you know this. <laughs> she left Elmo's dad for the ghost of Christmas present, his enormously large dong. <laughs> that she faked her own death to do it, too. <laughs> And Elmo's dad left for the gender-fluid baby at the beginning, the ghost of Christmas past, or whatever the hell that thing is. <laughs> Such a progressive world Sesame Street is. <laughs> uh, the ghost of Christmas yet to come comes. Can I, can I, can I, I just want to put out one thing. Hold on. She's laughing at coming, huh? Um... <laughs> The one thing I'm going to ask about Tiny Tim, right? Like, is this a bit rude to call their child, who's small and has a disease, Tiny Tim rather than just Tim? Like, it's a bit mean. Like, you don't, you know, call somebody with Parkinson's disease like Shaky Sam. Like, I mean, it's just it's a bit mean. Like, I don't think this is politically correct to call this poor sick child, who's probably like 20 but has a disease... Tiny Tim. Like, it's not right. <laughs> it's better than calling him athlete's foot, Tim. 
KJ, did he take a break? <laughs> Jamie's lost it. Okay, I'm good. Okay. Can I just point out the elephant in the room here that this is a guy who everybody knows is his grumpy asshole. Okay? Like, that's his... That is his... Everyone knows him purely for that. So he wakes up on Christmas morning and he's happy and buzzing and giving money to charity and giving turkeys out and lumps of coal. Like, people legitimately think this guy is high or drunk or something. Like, there's... there's, I don't get why people are just so accepting of this straight away. Like, think of the happiest person you know. Think of Alex Morella, our former Oslet. He is the happiest guy in the world... Doesn't matter what happens, he is smiling and he can find positives in everything. If all of a sudden he woke up and was like, fuck life, I hate everything, this is the worst thing, we don't think something's wrong. Like, we're going to have concerns. Like, this is the the most miserable person we know. Like, former Oslet Jared Elliott. If he woke up like Scrooge one day, I I might be calling like some doctors, a rehab clinic, something. I thought you were going to mention that girl. I thought she's the most Kristen? miserable. Kristen? Oh, Kristen! <laughs> yes! Kristen happy. stops christening. She's like, she's happy. She's like, oh, I'm so happy to talk about Survivor this week. I loved it. I've got quotes. I know exactly what buy it, rent it, and bin it means. Oh, I love the Oz Network. Yay! We do like, Kristen, what's wrong? Well, to, to kind of comment on what you said there, it is actually kind of funny to really think about that, that people wouldn't just kind of have, like, the side eye and just be like, should I be scared right now that he's actually being so nice? Like, is he is he all of a sudden going to snap and just start shooting everybody up with, yeah. like, a, <laughs> like, this, you know, automatic rifle or something like that? But and, like, the other, no, go ahead, the other thing is, are, you know, are they only being nice to him because they know, hey, this guy is rich, and if we're nice, he'll give us money too? Yeah. <laughs> Very good point. The next day, is he get to work and is he still all happy? Or like, is it just, is he woken up? He's like, oh, bah, humbug. That was terrible. <laughs> like, you know, it's that like person who wanted to get an extension on his loan the next day. Oh, remember I told you you couldn't? Now you can. Yay, everything's good in the world. We're going to get into further debt and we're going to be late in payments. And then his company's going to be in debt because no one's paying their loans off because he's Mr. Nice now. And then what happens to the <laughs> verb of being a Scrooge? Now you associate that with being happy, not ha- not sad. Grumpy. Good news. Crystal meth for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) This is how Breaking Bad started. My name is Colin, and I wouldn't want to faint in front of the women. My name is Ben, and you do find me gay, amusing, good company, fun to be with. My name is Mallory, and when I figure out what that means, I'll come up with a crushing reply. And my name is Jamie, and it's mutual, I'm sure. I was really hoping one of the boys would do that quote. (laughs) I think, though, that a movie has to have a certain spirit about it, and that's part of what makes it Christmassy, which is why I totally disagree that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Oh, now you can shut (laughs) up, Because there's just, like, Christmas trees everywhere, and and it takes place around Christmas. That doesn't make it a Christmas movie. There, there's lots of things that make this a Christmas movie. Um, um, it, did wonderful... did, did I say I was done? No, I'm okay. just joking. I'm done. No, I'm just, just to make <laughs> it the first time you said that to Colin. <laughs> this is not even my only argument for a white Christmas. But for anybody out there who wants to say Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie, this or that is not a Christmas movie, why is It's a Wonderful Life considered to be the greatest Christmas movie of all time? Like, the movie ends on Christmas Eve... But it has nothing to do with Christmas, 
And it's considered to be the greatest Christmas movie of all time, but even the movie itself has nothing to do with Christmas. It just sort of happens to be the day that it ends on. The movie's, like, for the most part, taking place year-round during the summer and everything. This movie all takes place within a week of Christmas. It's about there's going to be no snow. This inn is, you know, going out. Let's give the greatest Christmas gift to this general. There's tons of stuff that makes this a Christmas movie. Uh, so Ben's wrong, and I, it's a great I, I would movie. Like it's a to, great- I would like to right now put an argument for the fact that I am right. And this is coming from no other person except from one of uh, the greatest screenwriters of all time, Stephen E. Del Souza. All right. Now, this is coming from a Washington Post article earlier this year, which is comparing Die Hard to White Christmas and the fact that uh, De Souza says, if Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, then White Christmas is not a Christmas movie. And there is a handy little chart and a checklist here to compare the two films to which is more Christmassy. Now, I digress. We have... The first point is, does it takes place during the Christmas holiday? Die Hard, entirely. White Christmas, final reel only. Setting is Christmas Party. Die Hard, entirely. White Christmas, final reel only. Number of Christmas songs. Die Hard, three. Let it snow, Winter Wonderland, Christmas in Hollies. White Christmas, two. White Christmas and snow. Party venue threatened. Die Hard by terrorists. White Christmas by foreclosure. Broadcaster with hidden agenda. Dick Thornburg in Die Hard. Johnny Grant in White Christmas. German ringleader. Hans Gruber in Die Hard. Hitler in White Christmas. Government incompetence in Die Hard. FBI overacts. And in White Christmas, Pentagon fires General Waverley. And Christ-like sacrifice. Running barefoot over broken glass in Die Hard. Danny Kay upgrades Vera Ellen's train ticket. White Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. Die Hard is more of a Christmas movie than White Christmas. They are both Christmas. And first of all, I'm going to make another argument there. Snow and White Christmas are both played twice during this movie. So that ups it to four. Oh, come on. Thank you very much. <laughs> is it my turn to talk yet? What, well, why, did, why did you Google, is Ben an idiot? Well, Ben was trying to find his stats. Well, according to this, I'm like, if I can find one link on the internet that says, is Ben an idiot, then I can claim the internet proves Ben's an idiot. So whatever he's saying about White Christmas is wrong. <laughs> If we were a feminist podcast, which let's be honest, we are, that this whole movie essentially comes down to men having to save the place because women can't pull in numbers. There you go. There's a feminist voice speaking for mansplaining this show or whatever it is. I don't know. Mallory, you're a woman. Are you offended by this? I I feel like I was going to make... I was going to defend the men, actually. Good. That's why I like it's that. not... Well, no, it's not. it's not based on their gender. It's based on their fame. And the and girls aren't as famous as the guys. My point, well, is, to go along my with point that, is with that is that I, I agree is, with that, but somebody out there has probably written an essay about why this movie is sexist and why men have had to save the day here. Anyway. I mean, we could also go along with it and say that, you know, the goofy Jewish kid can only achieve fame when he pairs up with the handsome white 50-year-old. True. Exactly. Come on now. If we're going to have that crap with Greece... What? And friends and all these other ones. And why aren't people doing this with White Christmas? Come on. Stay stay true to your beliefs, people, in 2018. Come on. It's cold outside. Yes. White Christmas. I'm dreaming of a white... It's racist. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. It shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> How come it's not I'm dreaming of a Jewish Christmas? Exactly. Or a black Where's Christmas. Or an it's, Christmas. it's racist. It's inappropriate. I want it changed. <laughs> 
I'm dreaming of a politically correct Christmas. <laughs> I think this is where they have that that. Uh, really the guinea polite. pig conversation. Ugh. The guinea pig? What? There's a I, guinea pig I conversation? I so excited. There's with two. This is the first guinea pig conversation. <laughs> you they elaborate? Talk... No, no, no. They talk about how they're going to, like, test new materials. And, um, like, they'll be the guinea pigs. And the general responds with, well, I don't know much about pigs, but we can get you people or something like but, that. But you, oh, yeah, I know the pig line, yeah. You're completely yeah. underselling the fact that got me excited about this movie. She <laughs> says to me the other day, she says, there's guinea pigs in this movie, or there's a guinea pig part in this movie. I'm like, okay, cool. That makes no sense, but I look forward to seeing cute little critters that, like, Colin's brother has that are all over Mallory when we're in Winnipeg. <laughs> and then, all of a sudden, she turns to me, she's like, this is a guinea pig part. I'm like, okay, cool, let's look forward to seeing guinea pigs. It's a line in the movie! Like, that's like... <laughs> It's like me saying, like, oh, Mallory, Attack of the Clones is just such about sand. It's great. Like, the sand, you'll love sand. And then all of a sudden, this is a sand bit. And then, of course, it's rough. It's irritating. It gets everywhere. Not like here, though. Like, <laughs> it's completely overselling. I want to see guinea pigs in this movie. <laughs> there were no guinea pigs. Anyway, um, you oversold this Anyways, movie. so... They, no, not the guinea pig line. Mallory really is in love with this line, though, because I was about to say the line where uh, he was saying, it's like, well, we wouldn't be really good as generals. And he goes, you weren't very good as private. So that's that's the line I was talking about that I really like. I really um, like that line as well. But the guinea pigs, come on. The guinea pigs, oh! <laughs> it's more of a guinea pig um, movie than a Christmas movie. <laughs> well... There's at least two lines about pigs in this, and there's apparently two Christmas songs. So Ben may be on to something. Guinea pig, guinea pig month coming soon to the Austin Network. <laughs> um, why does everyone in the 50s, when they smoke, look cool? Like, I can see why people smoked in the 50s. Because just, like, just Bing Crosby puffing away on a pipe and the general just puffing away on a smoke. You're kind of like, they look really cool. Where it's like, nowadays, you're like, oh, that's disgusting, smoking. Um, I see Ben with a pipe now. You're trying to look like Big Crosby. <laughs> Done. I'll... Ben, why did you start smoking a pipe? I want to look cool like Big Crosby. <laughs> I think that's going to start off in 2019. I'm going to make smoking a pipe cool again. Everybody starts smoking. Why? Because Ben Waterworth from the Oz Network did it. Um, everything old is new again. Um, but the whole, the sequence where you're saying like the uh, choreography song, um, <laughs> I've written down here, dress up as a gay Frenchman. And then I realized, well, that's a bit of a weird term. She just written dress up as a Frenchman. Uh, so <laughs> told you Mallory, I was going to use but, that joke on the show today, but um, thank you. But, uh, but you know what? <laughs> He looked cool because in the 50s, people could look gay and cool at the same time. Well, you could say the word gay in the 50s, and that was a good term. Well, not that it's not a good term now. I'm just using a different Imagine if way. he was a gay man smoking a pipe, how cool he would look. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the middle-aged gay man's logo. Shut up, Colin. Emma also has one of the greatest lines in the entire movie here when she's telling... What's her face? Rosemary Clinton. That Rosemary Clinton. <laughs> wow. No, no, no. When she tells her that, um, oh my gosh, I just totally lost my train of thought. 
about the Ed Harrison show and stuff. And Rosemary Clinton looks at her and goes like, how did you know that? And she says, like any decent self-respecting housekeeper, I listened on the other phone. I was eavesdropping, yeah. Rosemary Clinton. Love that. Like, any decent self-respecting housekeeper would have done what I've done and listened on the other line. Here's another question. Okay, he's a major general. Now, I don't know a lot about especially American military, but I knew enough to know that, like, the general's about as high up as you can get. So I looked at, like, you know, what type of command would a general have? Now, a general, like, a full-fledged general could have, like, 50,000 people under his command. This General Waverly was a major general. That's ten to 25,000 people under his command. Why does he know them all by name? And why did this one small group have, like, a goodbye thing for him? Why is he even showing his face around the common folk? <laughs> He's got, like, 50,000 people under his command. Like, do you think Donald Trump, you know, before – well, even now as president, do you think Donald Trump is, like, you know, going and talking to, uh, I don't know, the, the switchboard operators in the White House? Or it seems stupid that he would have – any type of communication with anybody else who wasn't like top level. It, it, that's like the CEO of a company talking with an intern. You know, it just it doesn't really make sense why he's friends with these people. Well, you do know about Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton. I mean, sometimes they do uh, fraternize with interns. I mean, that was. Hey, wait a second. What are you saying about General Waverly and Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye? <laughs> well, I mean, Rosemary Clinton clearly is the uh, the auntie of Bill Clinton, so. <laughs> <laughs> Mallory's gone silent. She's <laughs> trying to move on. She like, was a CL name. Is, is, she, is she really Bill Clinton's ass? It just reminds me of Rush Hour with the bloopers. Who do you think you kidnapped? Chelsea Carter? <laughs> Chelsea Grammer? Chelsea Grammer? What's her name? What's her name? $50 million? Who do you think you kidnapped? Rosemary Clinton? <laughs> just move on just, we can do this it's the same thing with like it's sand it's coarse and rough we've got to do a rush hour month even if we just have to throw it in there is is the greatest blooper for any rush hour movie not the one where uh the jackie chan's phone or chris tucker's phone starts ringing on set and jackie chan answers goes we are filming now you're wasting all of our film <laughs> I think the best one is when they kick him, he falls out of the window and he's like, damn, he ain't going to be in Rush Hour 3. <laughs> Jackie Kickett. Okay, Rush Chris Tucker. <laughs> okay, Chris Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> we literally do an entire month on just Rush Hour bloopers. Oh, the field of fish. What is it? The field of fish. <laughs> I just, wanna, I just keep doing rush our lines here. We're going off. Sorry, Mallory. We're hijacking your episode here. That's okay. The fact that you're just laughing so hard, I'm just picking, picturing you just crying over there. Just well, Mallory <laughs> likes rush hour as well. So come on, I do. Okay, okay you're having black entertainers of this here casino. It's like we got Lionel Richie playing all weekend. Lionel Richie ain't been black since the Commodores. <laughs> <laughs> Takes him to Chinatown. <laughs> hey, maybe you'll see one of your cousins around here. <laughs> you got an eel? 
You put your own shit in the back. You want a cup of noodles or something? <laughs> oh, yes, Beach Boys. Everyone loves the Beach Boys. What's wrong with you? Here, I'm Michael Jackson. You're Toto. You mean Tito. Toto's what we ate for dinner last night. <laughs> Anyway, White Christmas. Oh, too... Yeah, White Christmas. <laughs> We're bringing diversity to this Charles... movie, folks. There's no black people in it, so come on. Because <laughs> it's White Christmas. Exactly. It's literally White Christmas. <laughs> um, so, Rosemary Clinton uh, is taking it <laughs> way too far here. And we're here to talk about the 1998 classic, I'll Be Home for Christmas, otherwise known as JTT Gets a Santa Suit Glued to Him. My name is Colin, and hey, Jingle Balls, move your candy canes. And my name is Rossi, and 1492-86. Where do we start? Um, first of all, we're just saying, we are imposing... The 60-minute Oz Network rule on this episode. But he's got a kid in the locker. Like, are there a lot of colleges out there that have lockers? Are there a lot of college, university guys who shove other kids in lockers? We get him dealing in contraband granola bars to get into his girlfriend's room. Like, this was really weird. The roommate of his girlfriend won't let him in unless he gives her the stuff and he's giving her granola bars. Like, it's just kind of bizarre. They take JTT hostage. Um, They drop him in the middle of the desert. This is sort of the hook for the movie. He wakes up in the middle of the desert in a Santa suit with a buzzard (laughs) charging at him, which I kind of wish the buzzard would make more appearance in the movie, or this could have been like a buddy cop, buddy comedy thing with a buzzard. He quickly realizes the suit is glued on him, which is the most absurd thing ever because parts of this fall off and there's no damage at all, but still, that's the setup for the movie. This I just wish it would have been a little bit longer because this was some of the funny stuff in the movie with the old ladies and and it's like the the one who's asleep on him or whatever and then they hear her hold hold her teeth or put her teeth back in her mouth like yeah it's gross out but it's kind of funny and the, one of the few good lines they have in this movie is where he JTT starts to barf and his beard comes off because vomit strips glue I don't know uh, and they say something like Santa just yammied in your handbag <laughs> like yeah I've never heard the phrase yammied before which is great. <laughs> Uh, so they kick him out of the car. Uh, right across the street, coincidentally, he sees his girlfriend and Eddie, but he can't get to he them. He is the slowest driver. I know. Like all throughout this movie, there's no possible way that JTT on foot, like getting stopped by police, <laughs> like getting on a public bus that's probably going very slow, yeah. like on the interstate, like should not catch up. Yeah, and, and then it, and it reverses later on when Jessica Beale somehow beats him home, which makes it even weirder. <laughs> And this is this this weird guy driving the truck full of stolen electronics. <laughs> when he's dropped his tomato from his burger and he's trying to pick it off the filthy floor. And then you slowly see JTT almost getting run over by him. But it's like he's driving so slowly, not looking at the road. And JTT's running about like, I don't know, uh, like uh, four feet per minute. <laughs> and he eventually slams on the brakes. We think he just ran over Santa. He thinks he ran over the real Santa. <laughs> They get to Wisconsin, and this cop sends him in to 
try to smooth over his wife or apologize to his wife. And while they're on the walkie-talkie, which is amazing that this cop can talk to him and hear them on the walkie-talkie, despite the fact JTT is not pressing any button. He concocts some weird thing where he finds a box and somebody's eating raw meat on the bus. <laughs> so he combines, like, this is one of these things where the jokes just don't make sense because it's just, well, how are we going to have him? Well, what if he had to deliver a kidney? Okay, but why would there be a live kidney on a bus or a live liver on a bus? Well, there isn't. But what if one person had a box and another guy were eating a live kidney? <laughs> like, I just don't understand it. It's just bizarre how he comes up with this, how convenient they had this live organ on the bus that a man was eating. JTT's finally on track. He's been sidelined going to the hospital. He's been sidelined here. And yet still, he's probably only about 10 minutes behind the world's slowest driver, Eddie. Ooh, a lot to cover. <laughs> the setup of this movie was ridiculous. Like... I don't mean like him being lost and having to go home. I mean, the literal setup of him getting to the desert was the most convoluted thing like ever. Mm -hmm. Like he's got to first bribe this roommate to get into his girlfriend's room. Like what? (laughs) With granola bars. (laughs) Yeah. And it didn't seem like she was like, oh, like I hate him. Like it was just like, I'm funny. Ha ha. Like, let me sneak in. Like it made no sense. And then why is this kid his lackey? Like, (laughs) like. Uh, it's like because um, he's twelve, every- and everybody there's bigger. JTT is bigger than somebody in the school, so he's gonna pick on somebody. I guess so, but it makes no <laughs> sense why this kid is like his own secretary doing everything, and then the whole setup of like the Eddie sees the kids throw the test out the window, like they needed fake IDs, and now they need test help, and like he's gonna do it, and then he gets stuffed into a locker. Like there could have been ten different ways that they could have sorted this out. And also, what are they doing? If this is like finals, like college, stressful time, (laughs) why are they going out to the middle of the desert to bully this one kid? Like, it's just so much effort and so much work. Like, it's not even worth it. And are there a lot of tests or exams that are given on December the 22nd, (laughs) the last day of school before Christmas? It's it's stupid. (laughs) I didn't even think of that. Did, I could care less for the the eating the tomato off the like that, that did not need to be in there. Like I was good with the yamming in your handbag or whatever it was. <laughs> um, that should have been my opening line. <laughs> but um, I like that. And then yeah, the 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 children sequence probably went on a little too long with that one kid like yeah <laughs> putting a sob story. I think he's still going. Probably... <laughs> yeah, maybe. But we never really get resolution on that. Like, <laughs> was it like? His family's like out of the country. He, they're just home, like down the road. But he can't come because he's sick. Like it just made no sense that there was like I want to see my father and my uncle, my dog, my cat, my brother, my sister. Like it's just so much. Um, but it did lead to a great moment where the three guys are on the the payphones, yeah, and they all are like crying. They're like, "I'm going to be home for Christmas." <laughs> and all that stuff like it was just it was just a fun cool moment to have that. You know, I never I never even thought about this until. You mentioned it, but um, there is no resolution to that kid. So this entire movie is basically following the world's worst people. Like JTT, he is a terrible person in this movie. Jessica Biel is a terrible person in this movie. Eddie is a terrible person and owns it. The cop, not a nice guy. The uh, you know uh, elf, the electronics you know thief, 
not a nice guy. The old lady's not nice people. We get this character who who warms everybody's hearts and and really teaches people about you know the true meaning of Christmas. And he's gonna die in a hospital. Like, what kind of message is this movie sending? They should have had the parents and family run in with like presents. We or came for you. And then they give yeah. him the same dustbuster Santa just gave him. Oh, <laughs> uh, free gift it. Free yeah, gift it. free gift. <laughs> the setup, I guess, for the rest of the movie is this Oktoberfest festival, which why they're doing Oktoberfest two days before Christmas, I also don't get. First of all, why she wants to stop here. She's already driving with the world's slowest driver, and she wants to pull over for the night here. And they get caught on TV, which JTT ends up, you know, when he's at the bus station, watching them on TV, which he's not even in the same town as them. They're in some small town, and this is being aired on local TV somewhere else, live, where... Yeah, live TV of this event. Yeah. <laughs> across state lines, the Edelbrook Oktoberfest Christmas Festival or whatever. They're under mistletoe or whatever, and they're on camera, or I guess don't realize it, and... He kisses her or whatever, and she totally goes along with it. And they even make a joke about this later on, where she's like, it was for two seconds. And he goes, well, it was actually more like five, which it really is for going on for five. And this was like, can you really feel bad for this girl anymore? You know, she has, if she had been like, you know what, JTT, he's always lying about things. She doesn't bring that up. She defends him. When Eddie asks, what what do you see in him? What's better than him than me? And she gives this very bizarre story about the, the, this thing he said to her. Uh, and Eddie tries to spin it something like, you know, when I see corn, it reminds me of how big your ears are. Or something like that. I don't even remember what it is. But she's not saying anything bad about him. She's not even mad that he stood her up. And he has not done anything wrong. So if she had been like, I'm so mad at him. And then she kisses the other guy. And then she explains it later. That makes sense. But, like, she just does it here, so suddenly she's not likable either. We really do need that little boy to come back in the sequel. Uh, we need some type of redeemable character. Uh, I was watching this on my phone, and during the Oktoberfest festival, the yodeling musical, yodeling, yodeling, Jamie had no idea what I was doing, and she just looks and says, like, what are you listening to? I'm like, I'm not listening to anything. It's Jonathan Taylor Thomas Christmas movie. So that is not a Christmas movie. I had to show it to her to prove it to her, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, she just thinks I listen to yodel music. Um, uh, that's not your usual no, yodeling the, uh, song. Price is Right uh, game. Oh, yeah, the yodel game for the Price is Right. <laughs> but this is where it's kind of like this nice ending where he just shows up at her place instead. Just says, okay, just come with me or whatever. She forgives him. He goes to his dad's house. He's like, hey, it's 5.59. You have a minute to spare. He goes, all right, let's just sit here. And she's like, why? You're going to miss it. And he goes, I know that's the point. And it's it's actually a really clever ending. I don't think you see it coming because he is still being a con artist and he he is very self-centered all the way up until this moment. They, they don't even have that moment. Sure, they have the moment where they have him, you know, feeling like, oh, I should donate this to the poor people that the mayor was going to donate it to. But it's not enough that you actually believe he's going to, you know, give up this Porsche. But he waits outside for an extra minute so that he could walk in a minute late. And everybody's happy to see him. And he's like, well, here's your keys. And he goes, no, I'm not ready for that yet. Or the car's not ready yet. Uh, so he did this just so that his dad knew it wasn't for the Porsche. He has this nice little moment with the the stepmom. Because she had asked him earlier on what his sweater size was. And he just says to her, it's like, hi, how you doing, Carol? 36. And it's like, what do you mean? It's like, 36. That's my sweater size. In case you ever wanted to know. And it's this nice moment. 
I have no idea what that means. Like my sweater size is 36. I've never bought sweaters by number. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, say, he even uh, says or a medium. Yeah. Like what is a 36? That's I've a pant size. That. Yeah. That's what I thought they were talking about. But like JTT like, oh, could not even be a 30. Like he is a small guy. He's a high school student. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't get any of that number sizing. And then when he's like, what's your number? And she's like, oh, what do you mean? Like That that was just so weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it was supposed to be cute, but it was so weird. She's like, oh, I'm an eight. Like, <laughs> so weird. Um, And a lot of questionable travel issues in this entire movie that I don't think would fly today. Like, I don't think you could exchange one ticket for two tickets to another place. I don't think a girl could buy a ticket with her, like, allowance money over the phone and then give to her brother I don't think you can sneak onto a plane or a train or steal yeah. a sleigh. Like, I you don't know what else? I don't think you can get from California to New York in that amount of time, especially if you're taking breaks. Like, I looked it up and it's something like maybe you could make it in 48 hours, which is this movie is supposed to take place over two and a half days. They stop for two full nights. <laughs> and even from Wisconsin there, like, that's. That's hours upon hours. Like, the, the, the drive itself, apparently they were going, like, I don't know, the, the speed of light. Yeah, and it should be even worse because it's, like, two days before Christmas. So travel traffic and yeah. everything should be even worse. There's nobody on the road anywhere. Even the airport is deserted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes no sense. Um, overall, I really liked the movie. It was stupid. <laughs> but... It's a Christmas movie. There's not a lot of depth in some of these. <laughs> My name is Colin, otherwise known as Enrique. My name is Ben, and five minutes ago I was a genius. Now you're an idiot. That has nothing to do with the movie. That's just how we all feel about Yeah, I, I wasn't quite... Was I meant to quote something? Oh, sorry. I just, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah. You, you lost it here. Yeah, sorry. You know what's funny about Botox is that, like... I, I, one of my friends, she got Botox once and like, I could not tell a difference. And she's like, how can you not tell? And I'm like, um, cause I can't <laughs> like, I just, yeah. to me, it just puts me off seeing all these things in like movies and TV shows with Botox and just, you know, whatever. I'm never getting Botox. Would Jamie, does Jamie get Botox? I'm not saying she needs it, but like, does Jamie, one of these what? people who wants Botox? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Are you um, one of these people who wants Botox? <laughs> you know what? I am. I am, like, so filled with Botox right now, you'd never be able to tell us to join this podcast. No, I honestly, I don't even have a full understanding of what Botox is, to be perfectly honest. Oh, like, I, I know more about Botox for watching Tim Allen and Christmas of the Cranks than I would know from anything else. What's Nip Tuck? It's, uh, <laughs> like, in the very first episode. But it's weird, kind of, like, in these movies, because, like, you know, Jamie, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is a very attractive woman. Um... Mm. And it's, I've never been able to look at it that way, though, because when she, like, in, what, a couple of years after this, like, Freaky Friday Jamie Lee Curtis, when she's got that short grey hair, um, spinning image of my mum. And it just, like, it just, it's like, great. Now I can never watch Trading Places again or, you know, True Lies, uh, you know, to see. Oh, you must have a blast with Scream Queens, then. <laughs> oh, I love Scream Queens, but, yeah, no, I can't, <laughs> I can't deal with it. But this is the thing, like, You're I like, don't... Mom, what are you doing? It's half your age. I need, to, I need to send you a photo of, like... there's, there's a, I've got heaps of photos of my mum where she just looks... And I used to always say that to my mum. 
I'm like, Mum, you either look like Jamie Lee Curtis or she'd go off of me because you wouldn't know who this is. Just Google Kevin Rudd, a former Prime Minister of Australia and a man. Because there was one time she, like, came in and said goodnight to me saying she's wearing these glasses. I'm like, Mum, you look like Kevin Rudd. And she's like... (laughs) (laughs) It was a dick move on my behalf, but she did. She looked like Kevin Rudd. Elizabeth Franz, who plays sexy Betty uh, <laughs> Grandma here, was 62 years old when she filmed Christmas with the Cranks. What? One year older than Wendy Crewson is now. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. She and let's just say older. they both look. They both <laughs> look great. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you're comparing it to Wendy Crewson, is- uh- <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, this is, I hope people are taking me serious. I'm like, that's Colin's type? <laughs> Here I am, I'm like, you're you're mentioning, like, the daughter, and I'm like, eh, she's all right. And I'm like, yeah. You hate old Debbie. people. Oh, <laughs> oh old Jamie people just came. Jamie, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sneeze, sorry. Didn't we establish that's what it John really meant? Stables was on, so. John Stamos was on. John Can you ask Jamie right yeah. now, does she like John Stamos? Jamie, do you like John Stamos? Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jamie, you and I can do an episode on John Stamos. I nearly interviewed she John calls- Stamos, true story. You go back to Veronica's closet, Ben. Hey, if we're going to cover that, then I will gladly do it. You leave Kirstie Alley alone. She liked a tweet <laughs> I sent her, so you leave I'm her just- out of this. <laughs> I'm finding you have this weird thing for motherly... You know, characters from the 90s. You're like Felicity Huffman, yes. Kirstie Alley. Brooke Shields. Don't forget Brooke Shields. Don't tell me you don't like Brooke, Brooke Shields, Shields, too. No, no, I can't oh, stand her. What's wrong with Brooke Shields? No one dislikes Brooke Shields. Oh, Susan, oh. Have you seen the Blue Lagoon movie? Why? Do I look like somebody who's seen the Blue Lagoon? <laughs> you don't look like somebody who's seen Scream Queens, but you've seen it? <laughs> Uh, Brooke Shields month not coming to the Oz Network. Oh, we're talking um, about her on Nip Tuck at the moment. She's great. As we said, those middle-aged, you know, 90s women TV shows, Carolyn in the City, that one we can cover. That oh, one yeah. was pretty good. Yeah, that's that's good one. What about, the, what about Ellen? Uh, no. You don't like She's a, not oh, my type. You don't like Ellen. Oh, okay. You're the one person who doesn't like Ellen. Who doesn't like Ellen? What's wrong with you? just nauseatingly nice it's just stupid oh Oh, right you like the dick so you know exactly (laughs) yeah you like me they have this plan to get the tree while they're doing this jamie lee curtis is shopping for her ham which i found absolutely disgusting that when they talk about this ham the entire movie it turns out that it's just a canned ham which has got to be absolutely disgusting it's spam yeah have you had spam before I've had spam. Yeah, I used to eat spam. I mean, spam was like, you know, cheap dinner. We got nothing else. Here, have a slice of spam and some craft dinner. You know? <laughs> I'm too lazy to cook or something. <laughs> have some spam and craft dinner. <laughs> I will say, though, like there are two cheap meats that, you know, if, if you got nothing else better to do. Oh, we got a can of spam in the cupboard. The other one we have is called Click. Do you have Click? No. Is that the Adam Click Sandler is- movie? No. Uh, click is another type of meat, and I don't know. Uh, I'm going to look it up here because uh, it might just be a Canadian thing. It's made by a company called Maple Leaf. Um, going to say that's Canadian. I guess you consider it like <laughs> spam, but it's not as gooey, and it's 
probably got a little bit you know more texture to it and a little bit saltier but it's basically the same thing. It's beating a can, but click way superior. To, I love uh, spam. Uh, spam. I have a random love of spam. It's it's kind of good. <laughs> like it's not the yeah. best, but I mean it's kind of nice still. And you know what's even better than that is? Did you ever eat like canned corned beef? It's the same thing. Uh, it's presented like spam, but it's corned beef. Oh, I've had many varieties of canned meats over the years. Um, remember, we used to get can. we used to get this like. Um, tinned chicken slices um which sounded nice on like the shelf but you got it just i swear it was just tuna because you won't it just tasted like tuna i'm like this is fucking tuna this isn't chicken <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah I mean, we're, we're going on a long tangent here eh. on canned meat but let's be honest it's pretty good uh canned meat oz coming soon to yes, the oz please Network. i love like you know good old spam i also want to point out how incredibly unhealthy and how fat should Blair be when we found out her favorite foods are basically giant honey-glazed spam <laughs> and caramel-creamed pie. Like, she basically says, I want a sugar-cream pie for Christmas. Like, how is this woman not, a, you know, 170 pounds heavier than she oh, is right here? She could be, and I'd like, still go she, there. She'd be, <laughs> she'd be 178 pounds heavier than this just by having the ham and the, the, the pie after she's this. She's having, like, but kinky it, sex with Peruvians. That's why she's, like, getting exercise yeah. <laughs> in between hand. Burning it all off with uh, a Rike. A um, Rike. That's what it does for <laughs> I am Enrique. That's the, the sex and spam diet. <laughs> Very popular in Peru. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Peru. Today we have the sex and spam diet. You eat the spam, you have the sex. You eat the spam, you have the sex. <laughs> uh, we'll try that out and we'll let you know if it works, people. Wait. <laughs> um, oh, okay. This got kinky. Wait, no, not Ben and I. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jamie, um, watch Casper. <laughs> Colin and I finally have, have found out that we love each other. Uh, well, that's basically the end of the movie. And nothing on Blinking Snowman? You got no opinion uh, on you that? I defended Blinking Fish, Colin. I mean, come on. Yeah, I was, I'm, you're the wrong guy to ask. Sorry. <laughs> you watch Veronica's Closet and like Blinking Fish and James Bond. <laughs> Wow, that hurts my feelings. You eat spam and have sex. You just do weird things. <laughs> well, one of those is true. One, well, actually, actually, both I haven't had in a while. So, um... <laughs> um, I'm actually starting to wonder now if spam is gluten free. Like, am I allowed to eat spam anymore? <laughs> is sex gluten free? You're allowed to have sex anymore. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it for Christmas here. Ben, do you want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas or no? No. Uh, <laughs> no. Neither do I. So, screw you people. Bah humbug, everybody. <laughs> Fuck Christmas. No. Merry Christmas. We will not everyone. be celebrating. <laughs> we will not wish you a bah humbug. We will not get angry if you wish us Merry Christmas. We just don't care about what you do with your families. This was all about <laughs> us and our love for Tim Allen, okay? Yes. It's always about us on this show. Come on. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. 
And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time.